0: Hey everyone, it's Kenzie. I just wanted to pop in and explain a little bit about what you are about to listen to. So, we have a bit of a break between our first and second season, so we grabbed a couple cast members from season one, and a couple cast members from season two, and went on a little mini 5e D&D adventure. This aired on our YouTube channel on May 9th, and the second part of this will air on our YouTube channel on May 23rd. Any of the links you may need for that can be found in the podcast episode description. But for now, enjoy part one of Mads' Modern Magical Life.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Queer PG's first one shot, two shot, little extra shot. I'm Mads. We're going to be playing Mads' Modern Magical Life today. And uh, wanted, to, uh, wanted to go back to something that was pretty familiar for everyone. So this is going to be a Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition little, little adventure that I put together. So uh, let's get a uh, let's get a hold of our wonderful cast here again. I am Mads. My pronouns are he/him, and I am going to pass it on to whoever wants to go first. Let's go.
0: I shall go. Um, my name is Kenzi Tortaglioni. I use she/her pronouns
2: nice my name's octa
3: delgado i use they them pronouns
4: and i am harper pettit and i use they or her pronouns
1: hell yeah so as i said fifth edition a little one shot fun shot let's 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 roll into it let's let's see what you guys are up to what are, what are we doing today everyone um well, I'm sure you'd like that to be answered as well, because it would seem that your characters don't exactly know where you are, what's going on, or what's supposed to be happening either. I mean, to the three of you, you were out having a fun night at a bar, partying with some friends. You haven't really been on an adventure in a while, but you've been adventuring together multiple times. I mean, you are 12th level in all intents and purposes, so you kind of know what you're doing. Sometimes it goes to your head a little bit, and maybe that's why you don't know what's going on today. The three of you have appeared in this large expanse of sorts. It kind of looks like a, a mansion, but you've never been here before. It's dark and dusty. It's a bit of a dull scent of smoke in the distance. Could be important. The three of you are illuminated by a single source of light coming from the center. There's a small table that has a little candle on top of it. that's slowly flickering. On the table, there is a nameplate that says, welcome. Now, could the three of you please introduce your characters, uh, your classes, your appearances, and your pronouns? Start with Kenzie again.
0: Yeah, I'll go first again. Um... Go in the same order. I'm playing Nora Cato, Um, she, her pronouns. She's about 28 years old, a PhD student. Um, She is wearing a black turtleneck tucked into these high-waisted brown, almost like corduroy pants. A gray and green plaid jacket is twisted up in her hands, wrinkled from just being wrung with anxiety there is a silver chain locket resting against her sternum she has on um, black lace-up boots that are scuffed around the sides she has brown hair that is pulled back into one of those like annoyingly perfect messy buns with these thin locks of hair just like framing her face she has a collection of silver rings on her fingers that you can briefly see as she tucks a strand of hair behind the temple of these wire frame glasses that are slightly askew on her nose. And as she does so, you can see the very slight point of her ears because she is a half elf. Um, and she also is a divination wizard.
1: Wonderful. We'll go in the same order that we did before.
2: So
3: Near, nearby you can see still lying down um, slightly slender and tall figure of um, gray slash silvery hair figure wearing a bit of of a a leather jacket, Um, completely dark. They are only wearing monochromatic color, monochromatic shades of dark and white. They have a couple of earrings, uh, one of them showing a moon, the other one showing a star, and seem to be wearing quite dark makeup on their lips and, and eyes. They do have uh longer ears on account of their high elf heritage, and they seem to just be staring at the ceiling, slowly blinking and trying to get their bearings before making any fuss they've They've given a side eye to just check out on on Nora nearby. And they are a lunar sorcerer of also level 12.
2: Thank you.
4: Alrighty. So you would see this individual kind of laying there on the ground. Um, they weren't, were a human, but Coriander or Cori Smith, she, her, is now covered in green scales you see she was trying to get ahead in her PhD program of uh, I think bioengineering and accidentally made a deal with a witch who basically just like cursed her, screwed her over whatnot um, and now she is cursed as this sort of lizard person um, so I guess base she is a a human, uh, but has this sort of like scaly green skin, yellow eyes. Uh, she tends to kind of toe that line between like goth and Zoe de Chanel, um, kind of wearing various like bright and colorful dresses, but always got the Doc Martins on. Always has the Sort of pentagram choker Um uh, she's got purple Hair and Yeah she just like shoots Up in this room All of a sudden pulls Her earbuds out She was listening to like bedroom Pop slash emo And looks over at Everyone else and sees This like table off in the distance With a candle on it I was like Gu- Guys what what's going on like I thought you were supposed to be, like, watching out for us, and points to Nora.
0: Okay, um, this is quite a change of scenery for all of us. I don't really think that we need to be pointing fingers right now.
4: Watch this, and she points too.
0: (sighs)
3: I'm assuming we basically ended up in one of your... In one of your houses within the city, Nora? Is this just one of your fancy... Fancy mansions? Um, that L-
0: would make this all a little bit less unsettling, I think, if it were. But unfortunately, I'm unfamiliar with this place.
4: You I hear... I <laughs> check, Nora okay. I was going to say, Corey kind of whispers under her breath. That's what you get for trusting of trust fund, baby. Jeez, that is a, a nat didn't twenty. Didn't know how many places you has Oh, uh, we
3: are we are starting off strong with the nat yeah. twenty. Okay, uh, I'm so, so, so glad
1: that you rolled that now, <laughs> and not during like you know like uh like a battle or something like that. Makes my life really really easy. Thank you again for that. Because uh, so... we don't
0: know this place at all.
1: <laughs> you take a cursory glance around uh, by some of Corey's badge ring and uh the immediate thought is i don't know this place why would i know this place and as you're looking around you realize you don't know this place uh so it would appear that you're in an old estate of sorts it's very dimly lit again the only light source that you have is a small uh circular table in front of you that has a singular candle on it and that is acting as your only light source about Thankfully, you do have some dark vision capabilities, but you can sort of make out, like, the outlines of a bit further back, some doorways, some hallways. Not too certain on anything else other than that. It looks old. Not unkept, not... like it hasn't been in use for a long time. It seems to be up- kept quite well, but... old. There's nothing about the architecture style of the interior of this manor this estate whatever this place may be that it couldn't be in your city maybe you're not too far from home you've just never been inside of this building specifically before it's like feels like old money though
0: it's familiar in the sense of wealth but not because it's mine
1: With that perception check as well, along with the singular candle that is lit at this table in front of you, there is that little plaque, uh, similar to one that you would see, like, on a teacher's desk that has, like, a little nameplate-like style thing on it. It just says welcome on it on the on the side that is facing you. It's a very simple-looking, like, bronze uh, placard.
0: Does it move at all? It looks like you could pick it up. Okay, so it's not, like... It's not like a plaque that's screwed onto a desk. It's like a name. No, one
1: that you would like set on top of a desk, like in a little name tag, little nameplate.
0: I think I pick it up a little bit haphazardly. Um, Just kind of like wheel it around, look at all sides of it. Um,
1: You pick it up, and immediately the first thing that all of you, three of you hear, is you hear the clinking and whirring of, it sounds like, gears clacking together somewhere above you looking straight up there doesn't appear to be anything moving about uh, there's a simple looking uh, just like chandelier that is not lit or anything like that um, but you can hear like this <laughs> like something has gone into motion above you the plaque whenever you do pick it up it says welcome on one side when you look it around though you flip it around The inside of the plaque, it looks like there's some very, very, very like tiny, tiny, tiny script writing on it.
0: Can I try to see what it says?
1: Using the light from the candle, you kind of have to get a little bit closer because it's very, very, very fine print. It appears to be a uh, legal documentation that the owner of said plaque or perhaps a state is not uh, at liable risk if you harm yourself.
0: Okay. Wait, what? I, um... What,
4: what's okay? I just heard gears above me, and you're, like, waving a plaque around, and now it it's just should... okay? I don't think this is okay, okay? Okay.
0: No, it's just one of those things that you stumble into that should be expected, because... Apparently whatever happens in here it's one of those things that we do in order to create um, uh, a world in which we don't get any lashback about. Um, So if we die in here or get harmed in any way, that's on us.
4: Listen, I'm a druid. I turn into animals and just mess things up and I've seen a lot of stuff. I've not seen this before. I've never woken up, and I've I've gone on a few benders before. I usually know where I'm at. Okay, this is weird. Oh. Did you I not hear that's... the gears? I heard them. Chris, like, listen, like the gears. Like, this is weird, right?
3: I, yes, they are weird, and I sometimes also wake up but I don't usually know where I am. That said, Ven tends to know... He was with us when we started celebrating yesterday, right? Speaking of Ven,
1: now this is a man in your life that all three of you know quite well, whether you wanted to or not. Ven is a character that more or less brought the three of you together and the four of you were an adventuring party. Now you might not adventure as much as you did anymore, but that same kinship, the bond that you've grown up that you've grown together with is always going to be there. Uh then is a Bart. Um he's usually spending most of his days now uh working on his next uh literary or musical masterpiece. Uh, he's a big, very big personality type and definitely has gotten in you, gotten you into a number of sticky situations, but somehow always gets you out of them, too. He is nowhere to be found right now, but you do remember being around him at the bar last night.
0: He was, because I remember him trying to get me to... Switch from Fernet to tequila and I wasn't having it.
4: Because who likes tequila? Ugh. I'm not
3: Greece, Um, get, gets a little bit closer. Smells a bit. Are you sure you didn't have any tequila?
0: Um, I mean, I don't have the taste in my mouth but I don't suppose that means I didn't at some point do you remember it's
3: uh I'm pretty good at remembering how nights go down and nothing's coming back
0: Nora kind of sniffs at the front of her shirt of of her sweater and realizes that it does smell a little bit like tequila and then at some point either a shot missed her mouth or it was spilled on her
1: when you take a sniff as well uh, you're overcome first by that that very distinct scent of tequila maybe a bit of lime some salt but also the hint of lavender uh, which is something that the three of you also would associate with Ben.
0: So he was around last night. I swear, if we're here because he's playing some big joke on us, I'm going to drop him off the top of the penthouse.
3: <laughs> that that would sound like Ben. And hey, if this is a game, Ben is setting us, for, setting up for us. I'm, I'm kind of into it. Come on, bring it on, Ben. And at this point, Chris will now get up and try and find the wall. Sure.
1: As you get up and start to move about, um, you start to hear all three of you again those gears clicking above you that (laughs) something is happening here the more that you move around almost like the building itself is responding to how you are reacting to the situation the table in front of you uh, actually starts to turn slightly it rotates on itself it's the floorboards beneath you that are starting to turn slightly just where that table is though The candle in the middle of it stays lit. Almost, uh, you notice whenever it's moving around, perhaps it's a magical candle of some sort. The flame doesn't seem to be moving in a way that would, like, wind or anything like that would try to blow it out. This seems like a stationary light that is going to stay here for quite some time. Whenever that table does move, though, there are a couple of boxes that appear out of the ground. Just simple little boxes openings at the top they don't seem to have anything inside there are six
4: in total so you would see Corey kind of pull out of her breast pocket a little silver sort of container a flat and just kind of like plop down on the ground well it seems that every time we like do anything move around or whatnot something happened. So I'm just gonna sit right here and just drink my water.
0: Nora kind of flicks her wrist and out of her finger comes these just like four light green glowing orbs that kind of spread up around the room and hang in the air to create a little bit more light. It does shed an eerie light, though, on the room, since they're green.
1: This greenish hue as these little orbs flick away from your hands and dance around the room. More of the room, sure enough, is illuminated. Uh, It doesn't seem like this is some kind of spectral magical darkness that could not be lit by such a simple cantrip. Um, if If our mapster could please illuminate just a tad more i would love to see the edges of some of these rooms that i described pause the technical effect Stunning. You're doing great, sweetie. So, as these little orbs flick around, you can see the outlines of some more walls and some door frames. It appears that there are nine doors. What would you like to do?
3: Greece will take a hand up and from from their hand uh a a spectral hand kind of like phases out um and like gets completely vertical on top of one of the six six boxes um get on top of the first one so friends which one should we pick
0: These boxes
1: that you have your hand on top of, they appear to be like open boxes completely. They are like completely empty on the inside, and they are brought up on pedestals that have risen up from the ground. But the boxes themselves are completely empty.
0: Is either six or nine a number that strikes as important or significant within our... Friendship, possibly. Can make a uh,
1: let's let's do a history check for
0: that one. Seventeen. Seventeen. You
1: think to yourself. You think about the three of you that are here, the one that's missing, the four of you together. You think about if this could be some relationship to then. To all of you as a group. And then you think the numbers. Six. Nine. Six. Nine. Okay, so this is a prank. Sixty-nine. And you hear, in the back of your head somewhere, then going, Nice.
0: I, I, th- I, think, I think it's been solidified in my th- brain. Specifically, that this is just Ven playing a little prank. little puzzle for a uh, hungover morning.
3: And let's let's enjoy this. Hello? Okay. Cory.
4: What? Fine. We
3: can have some fun.
4: Hey, I was having a fun time just sitting here, but whatever Ven wants, I guess we'll do.
3: I'm sure we can break his little game.
4: Oh, I'm confident in that.
0: I think that's kind of what he wants.
4: Don't
3: we all just play into his hand constantly?
4: It's the <sighs> when haven't we been in his hand?
0: okay, so my first thought is that something goes in these boxes
3: and that something's probably going to be behind those doors um is there any? Thing within the boxes that distinguishes one from the other, or are they all exactly the same?
1: I don't even need a perception or insight or any like anything investigation to check this. They're exactly the same, there's nothing inside or on the box that would deter that, like, there's something different about any
4: of them. Has Corey seen anything like this before? Because I mean, she was in a PhD program. In, in bioengineering, but still, I feel like she's a pretty smart gal. You can make uh, a history check as well for that one. History, that will
1: be a 19. 19. Now, Corey's studies were in bioengineering and very, very sciencey science world of things. You can, you have a great understanding of simplistic machines and what makes them tick and how they are put together, why they work the way that they do. These boxes, it appears that the removal of that nameplate and perhaps the three of you moving around a bit, maybe there was a, a pressure plate or something below you that like made them appear. The boxes themselves and the pedestals that they're on, that table in front of you, there doesn't seem to be anything like extra about it it's a what you see is what you get situation everything about the rest of the worrying the gears and whatnot however this home this estate works someone has put a lot of effort into it to make it seamless and presentable and that's all that you can think of right now
0: oh well it's a little personal escape room i guess
4: I guess knowing Ven, does this seem like his M.O.? Because, I mean, in my mind, kind of thinking of him, like he's always seemed kind of like the happy-go-lucky kind of go-with-the-flow kind of person.
1: When you think of Ven and every adventure that you all have been on together, he is quite the happy sort. He's a very positive person, sometimes to a fault. Um, sometimes he'll be overly positive in a scenario when it does need a bit of, okay, maybe maybe a more of a somber mood would fit this a bit better. He is quite personable, very charismatic, and tends to be able to kind of shift into that mode, especially when one of you is like, hey, tone it down a little bit. It's like, oh, oops, my bad. Sorry about that. He is a bit of a prankster though, and loves a good bit. It's strange, though, that he's not here for it. Because he also loves when people laugh at his jokes.
4: So I think with that, Corey would just, like, shrug, and walk straight into the door, like, right in front of her. Just, like, open it up.
1: Okay. Uh, the one that's right in front of you. Um,
4: yeah, like literally on the map. Like, oh, literally wonderful, like, perfect. D- directly so, up.
1: Do, 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 do. You walk toward that door. Um, oh, yep, that one, perfect. Sorry, just have a bunch of things over here.
4: And I guess she would whisper, kind of, um, as she like, kind of rushes really quickly, like. Gris, back me up! And just, like, like goes up to the door and opens it up.
3: Okay.
1: Uh, whenever you try the handle, uh, it doesn't seem to be locked. Uh, it opens up right away. Uh, the door, now that you're a little bit closer to it, it does have a plaque uh, over top of it that says Library. And sure enough, whenever you open up the room, there is a large, expansive library set before you. Uh, the walls are lined with books, tomes, scrolls, anything that someone like Corey, especially could really, really, really get behind for some digging. These walls go up much higher than the room that you were just in, even. Uh, they, they stretch up far to the ceiling, these high, 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 like a good 20-foot ceilings in this place. And again, just... Books upon books upon books upon books. There's a small reading table, it seems like off to the quarter, that has a bunch of scrolls and papers, documents, what have you, stacked upon it. There is a sliding uh, ladder to be able to reach some of those higher-level books about. Looks like a lovely place. And whenever you enter... (laughs) Lights around the room. The same similar, uh, that spectral flame that you saw previously at the table on that candle, um, just lit, floating about the room.
4: Corey would yell back, Hey, bookworms! Wait, that's me too, um, there's lots of books in here, come on, come look at this, (laughs) it's a wonderful sight.
0: Yeah, Nora has swiftly, upon seeing just a sliver of what that room looked like, swiftly- um, made her way over there induct inside. And while she is looking for like maybe clues and stuff, there's a little part of her that's also just looking to see if there's like any old first edition things that she could possibly pocket.
1: Of course. Um, the three of you, if each of you could make a, either an investigation or a perception check whenever you come into this room. Just let me know which one you choose.
4: I did perception, and I am at a fifteen.
1: Fifteen for perception. Does anyone is anyone else going to be rolling
3: perception?
4: I'll do perception as
3: well. Okay. So that's a thirteen.
1: 13? Okay. With a 13 and a 15, uh, when Corey and Gris, you both come into this room, it's uh, the scene that I described for you earlier that this very expansive, large, beautiful library, just chock full of anything that you could imagine. Um, a cursory glance around the room shows you uh, that those those little, little balls of light that are floating about, uh, there's this kind of, like, eerie green color, almost. It's its kind of similar to those little flames from earlier that Nora produced to be able to light around the space. Um, there's not too much that I didn't describe already, just with that cursory look around, that quick perception check. Um, except, on the table, off to the side that had all of those scrolls and everything stacked upon it, um, there appears to be it looks like a slab of metal that just seems a bit out of place sitting on it. And for Nora, you were going to do investigation?
0: I got an 18. An
1: 18 for investigation. So with that investigation, you're more specifically, instead of just that quick glance around the room with everyone else, uh, you're trying to look to see if the, you can find like uh, maybe like an expensive scroll or... A book that's something that would pertain to your interests a little bit more, something that would catch your eye. And you do notice as you're starting to walk by the shelves, this is a fine collection. Of work. You've seen a couple of these titles before. Oh, I mean, everyone has seen a handful of books before. I mean, there's like, okay, sure, like. We've all seen the catcher in the rye sitting somewhere on the shelf. Yeah, okay, cool. You have it too. You won an award. But these are some older texts. There's, they're very specific too in nature. Being that you are a PhD student now, especially in literature, uh, there are some older books here pertaining specifically to your degree and to your area of studies that you have seen before that have been lent to you by an advisor of yours. When you think for a moment, could your advisor, maybe Professor Anna Curry, could she have a hand in whatever is going on as well? Especially if this is some kind of bit with Ven. I mean, Anna Curry does tend to send you on a lot of missions, and seems to know a lot about the town. Could this be where she gets those books from? Could these be hers? Could she have borrowed them as well? It's just strange that you would see them here.
0: Do I know if uh, the professor is in any way wealthy in the sense that she runs in the same circles as my family?
1: So, what you know about the professor um, she is a Uh, a tiefling of, uh, age? I mean, no one would ask a woman her age, obviously. But maybe she's pushing 50s, 60s. She seems like she has an air of knowledge about her that is far beyond her years, even. She does tend to rotate around wealthy circles. It could be because she is such a highly esteemed professor. Um, and that she does know quite a bit about the adventuring world as well. Um, She has a wealth of knowledge about her that she is always willing to share with people, though. Um, Which is why she took such an interest in you and the rest of your group. As far as money goes, you never really put it together that far. Could she have money? Could she be in these circles because she has the same kind of prestige, the name that your family does? But to your knowledge, she doesn't have any offspring or record before then, even, of last names, of of parents, of grandparents, of predecessors that could have put her in such a place to be called old money. I'm not quite sure. With all of this before you in this large library, is there anything that the three of you would like to do next?
0: As I'm kind of. Good. Yes? Well, that's because I've borrowed them before. Like these exact ones. I've had in my possession before, and I think they belonged to the professor. To Anna? Yeah. So I don't really know why they ended up here.
3: It's, it won't be like you to to. To mistake a book for another. Could we be at hers?
0: I'm not familiar with, I suppose. Much of her life outside of the university.
3: We have brought her back so many different artifacts over the years. Um, if anyone in the city is going to have a super magical old mansion I here
4: I used to hang out with most of my professors back in both grad and undergrad and this is certainly a lot nicer than any of the, the professors I used to hang out with which is kind of strange in my opinion.
0: Well what do, you, what do you have over there? And Nora kind of turns from the bookshelf. Just another point. And
4: I guess Corey would point to like the piece of metal kind of on the table that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb.
1: Whenever you point this piece out, um, the three of you, your eyes track over there, it does just seem a little bit odd. Like, this is just a very, like, paper-heavy room, if nothing else, to have a hunk of metal just sitting on a table. When you get a bit of a closer look at it, you can actually see that it appears to be some kind of, like, a pipe, almost. It's a little bit bent off to the side, though. So what are we looking at? Is it a... It looks like a pipe, like a one that you could hold in your hand. A piece of a metal pipe.
3: Like maybe used for plumbing. I I gesture for my mage hand to lift it. Mhm. Your
1: mage hand glides over, picks it up easily enough. Uh, Mage hands can't carry too much, but this isn't especially heavy. Again, it looks like it could be like plumbing, like for a toilet or a sink of some sort. It's just strange that it's in here. It's light enough, though, that your Mage Hand can pick it up. Whenever it does, though, those orbs of fire, those little bits of light that were floating around above you to be able to illuminate the room, you hear almost like a rattling sound and look up and see those balls of light are starting to swirl around in a circle, getting faster and faster and faster. The balls start to form together until you have three individual balls of flaming green light. And then you hear this splintering noise that's almost cracking like bone smacking against itself. And you watch as in these three balls of light, skulls start to form inside of them. This red, ruby light glow coming from the inside to be able to puncture through and illuminate the eye sockets.
0: Okay, so I think we should go out of this room right now.
1: fuck. As the three of you begin to react... These three skulls look at each other, and then look down at you, and we are going to enter our first combat round. <laughs> Why did so, I touch anything? I am going to need everyone to please roll initiative for, initiative for me. That's a this 19. Is a skull coming out of my throat.
3: The levels of anxiety—that's uh, a not, thats a natural one. Uh, that's a three for me. Um, the anxiety I have about flaming stuff on a library is—I'm is, is, <laughs> I'm not having a good time. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't really
0: yeah.
3: like
1: it. <laughs> I mean, this is stuff that maybe you would not want to catch on fire. It seems quite flammable in here. <laughs> Two are. Our- Mapster, could you please keep track of uh, the initiative roles for everyone on, on the map?
4: Uh, I got a 23.
1: You put down a sixteen for me,
2: please.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Kenzie, what was tomorrow? Uh
0: mine was a nineteen. Nineteen. like these skulls of death they're
1: just little guys they're
0: just little guys what do you mean?
1: those are just some little guys for uh if it's
4: if, just little boys I love it if
1: uh, for the people that cannot see our our wonderful amazing mapster that is showing everyone what is going on so they have relations to space spatial awareness and to be able to judge how far away stuff is we just have three cutesy little skulls on the map and I like them a lot. I think sweet.
0: Nora is running from them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, at the top of the round, we have Corey. It's going to be going first.
4: Corey is going to scream at the top of her lungs and then start, like, writhing. Like, you hear, like, bones cracking. Her, like, arms, like, shoot out, and one, like, shoots up. And then all of a sudden, she's on the ground, like slithering, and she turns into a giant boa constrictor and slithers over to the skull that's closest to her and tries to, like, constrict it.
1: Okay, wonderful. What does my little skull need to do
4: for that? Uh, Let me see. Um, it is a. A, w- a melee attack so I need to attack that is a 16 to hit that does hit all right so see, the damage is 2d8 so it's Eight. 10 points of damage As she sort of like Wraps around this skull And tries to like start to Close around it with Her snake body
1: I'm sorry could you say that one more time How much damage was that?
4: 10 10 points of damage thank you Mm-hmm. And well, now that skull face, is restrained so, Too
1: Restrained. My poor little skull can't can't rattle around.
4: Oh, I have two attacks, so she's gonna constrict again. Alright, double. Try try and hit me. Um that is going to be a seventeen.
1: Seventeen also
4: hits. Um 9 points of damage mm-hmm. uh, and both of those are bludgeoning, sorry
1: Wonderful,
4: thank you Mm-hmm.
1: Cool, so uh, Corey, as you turn into this large bow constrictor and wrap yourself around the skull that is closest to you uh, it's strange because whenever your uh, scaly skin starts to touch the skull itself it doesn't actually feel hot to the touch it doesn't seem like it's going to burn you by being able to like restrain its tiny little skull head uh it does crack a bit whenever you start to restrain it uh and whenever its jock pops open a bit you swear like you can hear just sort of somewhere whether it's emanating from the skull itself or kind of around the room this You are able to restrain it and do a good bit of damage. Nice. All right. Next up, we're going to have Nora. Nora, what are you doing?
0: Are these in range to touch? Or are they like flying in the air?
1: I'm going to say that they are floating in the air uh, just enough. I will say that if you wanted to get close enough to be able to touch one of them, like that that five-foot distance, you would be able to reach it.
0: Okay. Okay. Um then I'm gonna do so that. I'm gonna... Lightly levitating. <laughs> yeah, I uh Nora After the initial Let's Get the Fuck Out of Here reaction Um she kind of just takes a deep breath <sighs> Okay and walks calmly up to it and just reaches a hand until the barest bit of her fingertip is touching this fiery skull and um casts shocking grasp on it um so that's a melee attack which is probably gonna suck because that was a little roll that's going to be a 12.
1: 12 to hit yes 12 does not hit so whenever you reach up to try and do that as that uh crackling lightning is starting to flick off of your fingertips it's almost like the skull the little eyes that are not quite there but these like red beams of light that are shooting out from those eye sockets dart down to where you are just in time to be able to scooch out of the way you just miss it
0: and when she misses and it moves she brings her hand back And then she shuts her eyes and just thinks really, really hard about how, frankly, annoying and a nuisance this is on a day where her head is pounding and she would much rather be in bed. And a burst of energy comes out and as a bonus action, I'm going to... uh, telekinetically shove um or try to this this skull backwards um it must succeed on a strength saving throw right strength save
1: for my tiny widow skull cuz he's so strong
4: you ma- you made this and-
1: Is this a, um, is your telekinetic ability, is that, like, a, um, spell itself?
4: Um, it
0: is not.
1: Okay. So that is going to be a big fat five.
0: Okay, that fails. Um, So strong. So... The attempt was to shove it, like, hopefully maybe back into a wall and cause some damage, but it can only move five feet back, so do with that as you will.
1: Okay, it appears like it was, it's kind of right in front of you, so whenever you shove it back, poof, smacks against the the bookshelf that is immediately behind it. Uh, Some of the books that are on the shelf itself start to shake and rattle. A few of them clunk, 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 fall down. One of them bonk smacks against the skull's head. Kinda does this comical, like, whoo, like spin in place, and then goes shakes itself, and then it's it's still there. It seems like it maybe took a little bit of damage though from smacking its little skull head.
0: Alrighty. Um that will be the end of my turn.
1: Alright. Awesome. Well, the skulls are up next. Uh, I like saying that. It's the skull's turn. It's time for Bones. Each of these skulls...
0: You guys probably can't see it, but our mapster has just typed Bone Time into the chat. Bone Time! (laughs) Bone Time!
1: Yeah, it's Bone Time, everyone. Get ready for Bone Zone. Alright, these skulls, are going to kind of swivel in place. Even the one that is constrained by Corey right now, is he goes, tries to wiggle a little bit. All three of them at the same time, their jaws crack open further than any jaw should naturally be able to do. And this pinpoint of red-orange light starts to coalesce where that jaw has opened up grows bigger and bigger and bigger. The skull starts to shake and then (laughs) smacks out of the skull's jaw. Each of them is going to cast Fireball. Give me just a moment. I'm going to roll some dice. Truly a menace.
4: Truly a menace. Just just a few dice? Just
0: three Fireballs. (laughs) In a room I'm, with I'm. a wizard and a sorcerer, the only one who may be able to be okay is our barbarian friend.
1: <laughs> it's just some dice, guys. It's just—I don't know why you're why you're freaking out. It's just—it's just some dice. It's
0: just
4: just one die for each each fireball.
0: Just, just a few. Just I just awkward. wanted to wake up in my little apartment the above the bakery read a book and here I am instead.
1: Aren't you having so much fun? Isn't
0: Nora this such hates a good time, everyone.
1: Isn't this such a good time?
0: I feel like Ven and Nora are like this close to blows and this might have pushed Nora over the edge a little bit.
1: I love Dungeons and Dragons. This is such a fun game, everyone. I'm having such a good time. Aren't you so glad that you asked me to DM this?
0: Yeah! Truly, truly, though. um, Sarcastically, yes, and also honestly, yes.
1: Alright. From the three of you, could I please have a dexterity saving throw? As these fireballs launch up into the air, above the skulls, and smack down on top of
3: you.
0: Nineteen. Fourteen.
3: Okay. Thank you very much for showing on the map how everything is on fire. Yay. <laughs> I, I got a 15.
1: Yay. I like this game. <laughs> Just one one moment, sorry. I lost the one number that I'm looking for on here. Hey, could you repeat your numbers very quickly for me?
0: 19.
3: 14. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Thankfully, by the grace of this building, your friendship, you all have enough time to be able to dodge around the worst of where these fireballs are landing. You all take 42 points of damage each.
0: So I'm at half my hit points. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. You feel like it could have been so much worse. Speaking of so much worse, the library is on fire actively right now. As these fireballs... (laughs) Flames spatter up and around. They catch on the carpet. They move around the room. All of the paper in here, the old dry-ass paper in the room is acting as a starter for these flames. <laughs> they race up the sides of the wall. The books alight now.
0: Okay, well, like, yeah, I th- go the, back the to the my original... The be able to
1: see anymore, right?
0: I go back to my original plan. Let's just get the fuck out of here.
3: yeah let's do that um, and Chris will take part of their movement go towards the door try and step out while keeping line of sight into the skulls and then from from that kind of, like, diagonal. Use... Um, or kind of create in front of two of the skulls. Uh, diagonals are still five feet, right? Yes. Cool. We'll create in front of each of the little skulls uh, a kind of ball orb of fire of similar color and just will make it collide against itself. So I'm gonna cast um, Sacred Flame, which uh, is a oh it's a it's a Dexterity saving throw of 17. Okay, and because they are close together, I it it, it goes for both. Right, that's going to succeed. Uh, how about the other one?
1: Your, oh, uh, one for each of them? Uh, I Is Sacred Flame a single target, or is it an uh, area of effect?
3: So, when cast, I can choose to mm-hmm. target one creature as normal, or I can choose to target two creatures within range that are within five feet of each other.
1: Okay, so you're targeting I, two of them then?
3: I, I read that, I think so, yeah
1: if I'm understanding that correctly.
3: Yeah, because I can either choose to target one creature or two creatures, so I guess the full sentence will be you can choose to target one creature.
1: And the second one... The second one also saves.
3: Okay, and I'll continue to retreat.
1: Whenever you cast uh, this spell, uh, they seem to dart out of the way a little bit easier Um, there's something about the presence of a magical spell specifically that seems to react to these skulls in a way that it's a little bit easier for them to get out of the way. But whenever you leave the room, the door is still unlocked. You're able to get out into the hallway. You can see from where you are back in the hallway now that the there, the fire is a roaring in there. It's still, it's still going pretty strong, but like, the heat isn't traveling outside the room. The rest of the the room, the door, and everything like that, there, there's there's no concept of there being like fire or anything like that escaping either.
3: Guys, come out! It's much better out here.
4: I keep forgetting that I'm muting myself (laughs) and so my commentary is just going to be for editing Kenzie later it'll it'll be a little surprise for later (laughs) I hissed earlier and nobody heard it
1: damn it we'll we'll have it for later
4: (laughs) if a boa constrictor hisses while on mute do they even make the sound
1: if a boa constrictor in a library that's on fire hisses while on mute, does it still make a sound? I'd argue yes, but the room is on fire so maybe that's louder.
4: Love it. Um
0: Nora just kind of yells over the roaring flames. Um Okay! Okay, Cory, you're next! Let's go!
1: Cory, you're up. What are we doing?
4: And she, like, unfurls and, like, flops the skeleton or the skull off into the corner and slithers out the door following um, Grizz.
1: It's funny, whenever you ditch the skull, it doesn't even try to, like, retaliate against you. It kind of just, like, spins in on itself in the air. It doesn't try to make, like, an opportunity attack or anything like that. But you're able to get out of the room!
0: Nora? Nora is following swiftly after, um, and as she comes out the door, she's kind of padding um, the sweater where some flames caught, and you just see these little tendrils of, like, golden light, like, f- mending uh, and fixing the burnt patches.
1: Right. And then she you slams the door shut. Three- You are all three able to get out of the room. Nora, as you are about to slam that door shut, you watch as the three skulls kind of like they're twisting in the air and they're like, like rattle cackling together. It seems Uh. like they're just having a little ball. They're having a great old time being flame skulls inside a library on fire. What you do see, though, as you are about to close that door, the mage hand that was holding that pipe that Gris had made earlier. Trails out of the room and snaps over to where Gris is, and then you slam the door closed. And you can't hear anything on the other side.
0: Yeah, so that place doesn't exist. Like it was a.
1: It was blazing. It was it, like fire is loud. Fire that is catching on millions of copies of. Books is louder. It was loud in there. But whenever you close that door, no noise. You can still smell just a bit of smoke lingering in the air, but it's distant. And then all three of you hear that whirring, those cogs turning above you. But you've made it out of my skull room. You've exited the bone zone.
0: Was that a real voice or are you making a joke I need to know? (laughs) No,
1: that was was me. That was just me just doing it. I just think it's funny now that it's the bone zone. Um, You've escaped my bone zone! So,
2: there's a-
3: we got the pipe. yeah but these fucking hurts
0: yeah it wasn't worth it
3: what is this
4: do you want me to pick another room
0: i would like to give that job to somebody else since the room you picked lit us on fire
1: Grist. I just
4: realized. Can I speak as a constrictor? Otherwise, that would have just been like, "Yes, yes, 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 yes." yes, yes.
1: I'm going to say, for the purposes of a one shot, and uh, we're just going to go on the power of friendship again. We're going to say that you all know each other just so well that Corey, constrictor snake, Corey, kind of like. Like wiggles up a little bit and does this funny like like well and then like a no. bob of the head. You
0: and don't you're get like another door.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah, you know that that's
4: what that's what Corey's trying to ask. Moving no, over to another door.
0: <laughs> Stop! Stop right there! <laughs> don't open that door. The
1: little the the little snake tail just like pretends to like tap a doorknob like oh. <laughs> <sighs>
0: Okay, um, Gris, do you want but, uh, me to open it? Gris,
1: door? Gris, you are holding this pipe right now. This mage hand that whoosh, mm-hmm. snapped back to you. Now the pipe is in your hand. It it looks just like a piece of pipe. Uh, it is a little bit bent again, like on one end. Whether that was on purpose or it like just got dented or smacked against something. Um, it's not. It's not terribly heavy.
3: Do we have any? Adventures that we've been through with with then where I'm scared to ask, where where pipes were part of that adventure. Make a make a history check. A fabulous plus zero. You're oh, street smart. but that's a natural
1: smarts. twenty. Oh, no. I love I love using these natural twenties here. This is great for me. Thanks, everyone. Uh, (laughs) Reggie's
0: like, again, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You did it. Uh, You take a look at this pipe. You turn it over. You look through it. You can't look through it because it's bent, and so you're looking at metal whenever you try to look through it. Is there any time that you would have used this or something like this? No. Shit, But it does look like it's about the size to fit into one of those weird boxes.
3: I'll just take the pipe, hit the door with the skulls, um, and then just go into this sixth box and just let it in there. You You... drop the pipe into the box.
1: The box shakes, turns, and then goes down, like the pedestal descends just enough that it locks into place. And then from the box itself a shot of confetti comes out.
4: And then you hear kind of like a scaly like and you look over and you see Kore like Slapping her tail like on her body, like applauding.
0: Um, Grace, would you,
3: you want want to, to, to pick a door? We're do gonna, we're gonna to kill door? Ben.
0: Oh, oh! We're I've already. We can we can throw um a nice little get together when we get out of this place, and you can join me in instead of dropping him from the penthouse, pushing him out of the window.
3: Yeah, on fire. Indeed. Okay, so next door, you pre- you tend to have pretty good luck in life, so maybe.
0: Oh, is me. Um. Okay. I think I'm going to choose a door farther away from that one with the the little on the map, the little light blue, on the right side.
1: All right. So you kind of look around for a moment. All these doors seem to be the same. And for the purposes of again, a one shot, I don't really care because it's a fucking cantrip. And we can—I don't care. Your little like lights are still illuminating Okay, they. Here, I was going right? to say it's so dark you can in this still see where okay. you are. I don't care. It's all cantrip. You're going to cast it again. I'm just going to say that they're here. <laughs> okay. Dumb. Easy. Great. Love it. Moving on. Uh. You approach this door, and um, it's the same as all of the other ones. Uh, they, They all look exactly the same, except this one has ten knobs on it. Like, where the doorknob is, it's not in the right place. There are ten different doorknobs on this door, for whatever reason.
0: Um... Um, yeah, Chris, as you were saying luck, I picked a way too hard one.
3: <laughs> I mean, the more knobs, the easier it should be to open, right?
0: Oh, but I don't have ten hands.
4: Hmm. I feel like Corey would just be cackling in snake form. Just sort, of, sort of like hissing like off in the corner Well why don't
0: you come over here and twist Your tail around all of them and pull them at the same time
4: And Corey like turns away from you And like slithers A few feet
0: you're for- Yeah you're yeah. the one with the
4: least hands in here
0: I forgot how much Attitude she had when she was hung over
4: She looks back at you And hisses in a way That just says I am not hung over You are
0: was it true. Um
4: Well how about the
3: the door next door? The door next door? The no- yeah, the, door the next... one on
0: the ye- little yellow wall, like directly across from library room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll come back to ten knobs. How many knobs are <coughs> okay,
1: we're, we're kinda we're gonna circle around to ten knobs. Uh that's just that's like more than one knob. That's too many. Yeah, I think the
0: one directly across from the, <clears throat> the library.
1: Oh, so the one at the bottom.
0: Yeah. Uh,
3: and just in case, because those things kind of came out of nowhere, uh, let me just prepare a little thing here. And. Well, Greece they came will, out of nowhere where you of...
0: picked up the pipe. So there was yeah, like... but
3: th- they were somewhere, presumably. True, true. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, what we what we got just after we were they robbed the bar, um, and and Grease takes out a, a lantern that has a, an eyeball, a literal eyeball, on the front of it and pours some oil on it come on little guy you, you can show us stuff and it is a it's a lantern of revealing and what it will do is it sheds bright light in a 30 foot radius and dim light for 30 more and invisible creatures and invisible objects are visible for as long as they are in the Lantern's bright light. um, right. we'll just be like, we'll just get it close to the door and see if whenever we open it, there's any invisible fire skulls trying to fireball our ass. Awesome. Are you going to open the door?
0: I'm going to open the door. Okay.
1: You open the door it is, once again, unlocked. Uh, you are met with it looks like a, like a lounge of some sort. Um, very plush, cozy couches. Uh, there is a, a nice, uh, fireplace, the, a fire, like, lightly crackling, not out of control, and not catching anything on fire, just for aesthetic purposes. You actually, uh, can hear too, you see in this room, there is an old, uh, looks like a, uh, like a record player uh, that is crooning out like a a nice sultry jazz tune. It's really comfy in here, really nice. Uh, There are these two large, uh, like, love seat style um, plush leather couches. There is a coffee table in the middle of the room between the two of them. Sat on the coffee table, there is a bundle of tied rope it just looks strange that it's sitting here. The other very strange thing is that whenever you open up the door and that light illuminates inside, because there was light in here, there was like a little, uh, like a, a nice aesthetic looking lamp off to the side, this dim lighting, that the fireplace is going. You could see inside here, when that light shines in though, you can see two barely there outlined figures reclining on each of the lounge uh, on each of the chairs both of them holding uh, what looks to be a glass of like a brandy or scotch maybe an old fashioned and you watch as the outline of these two creatures kind of look towards you and drop <laughs> the glasses that sh- they they were holding they shatter on the ground the, the-, the liquid is psh- everywhere And both of them quickly stand up and then, like, look at you. Look at each other and look at you. You seem to have caught them off guard. Because you seem to be able to see them. Specifically in this room.
3: May I... May I roll performance tech to... Try and... Perform as if I didn't see them, or is that is that pers- uh, the, the deception?
1: Do you, Do you want to? What 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 would you like to do?
3: Actually, no, no. They've they gone for that.
1: I will. You can, you can make like a like a performance check or like a deception or something. Like just tell me what you would like to say, and then I'll make the role. Like I'll give you the according.
3: The one yeah. That just so I will. I will. I'll start by as soon as they drop their glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh I would like to if you'll allow it with shaped water return their retain their nice drinks floating mm-hmm. in front of themselves. Um drinks should be kept. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to waste good drink. And and Gris will will kind of step in trying to look quite quite friendly and just uh look they they look uh humanoid in a way right
1: they do uh it's it's like you are looking at two like mortal like creature, creatures like it's you're literally seeing like the cartoonesque outline of them and the space that's in between that you can't quite see is this kind of like shivering like void but not quite there and it sort of twists whenever the light of the room like catches around it but you can see two figures standing there like they're they look like people almost but they're like both different heights and one like is like the shapes are a little bit different but they're like the outline of people they just look like you can't see any kind of expression on their faces but they look surprised their body language looks very surprised.
3: Okay, I want to put them at ease. Um, so I'll, ta- I'll take a step forward. Gentle figures, we have no... will to hurt you or surprise you. You are clearly enjoying a nice time, having a nice drink. I am no one to interfere on to that. Um, so if you will... Allows to sit down, maybe catch up with you. Keep having your drinks. Um, what is the deal in here?
1: Could you make a persuasion check for me? And I'll say that you can make this at advantage because you are trying to save their drinks.
3: Cool. I've got plus nine to persuasion. So this should work. Casey. That's an 11 and a 15. That's 24. 24.
1: As you are able to shift their drinks back into the air, they're not in glasses anymore. The glasses are still shattered on the ground. Uh, But their drinks have been salvaged, at least. Um, Whenever you enter the room, too, holding this lantern that you're able to see them, they seem to look to each other again. And one of them, like, crosses, crosses their, it seems like they're having, like, a discussion between you can almost hear this, like, light, like, murmuring between the two, like they're trying to decide what they're gonna do next. One of them crosses their arms and nods a little bit and then kind of looks off to the side, looks to the group of you. The other one is shaking their head with their hand on their hips, but then lets up both of their hands into the air into a large, like, ...over-exaggerated shrug... ...like a... ...ah, shit. Both of them look at the group of you... ...and you can hear it's... ...very distorted. But it's a voice... ...coming from one of them that speaks and says... ...you know, usually the kind of people that come in here... ...aren't really willing to chat with us... ...I mean, they don't even see us, first of all, let me tell you... ...you really caught us off guard... But, hey, hey, get the glasses. Come on. These seem like decent people. And the other one goes,
4: okay. All right.
1: Turns to the side and grabs two more glasses and starts to approach where you have, like, put the liquid into the air. And it kind of, like, holds the glasses just underneath where they are and puts them in there. You kind of get the, you can drop, like, the the shape water, like, the you can cut it off. They're back in the glasses now. And the one that's still standing that doesn't have the glasses goes, Wow, sit down, sit down. We don't get company like this anymore. Oh, you're right. We really don't get company like this anymore. And hands a drink off to his buddy. The first one that spoke up, Can I get you anything over here? You want something to drink? We got Well, I mean, it's not really this kind of plane of existence sort of liquor. I don't know what you'd like. Uh, We kind of go for the spirits that are uh, wiggly. I don't know. Can, can they drink the Wiggly I don't know if they can drink the Wiggly stuff. They seem to have just this awkward discussion between the two of them. But they've invited you of... to sit down and they don't seem hostile.
0: I've heard of Hair of the Dog, but I don't think I want to drink anything that's wiggly. Thank you very much.
3: I will have some of your Wiggly.
1: Ah, see, 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 yeah. No, no, we... We're not trying to force you into it or anything like that, but it's it's worth it to see if you'd like it. Yeah, see if you'd like it. And the second one bends over and, like, pulls out this jar that is also kind of not really temporal. It's kind of, like, barely there in existence, but you can see the outline of it with your lantern still, and pours you, like, a drink and hands it over, and you cannot see it. But in the light of the lantern, you can see it. And whenever you reach your hand out to grab it, Gris, it's there and becomes corporeal in your hand. You can see this, just a a glass with this sort of shimmering liquid on the inside of it.
3: I will with one hand, there's there's a greenish, dark Jill on my around the necklace on my on my chest so i'll I'll grab that and i'll I'll give it
1: to mm-hmm you drink it it tastes like nothing. I'd say that it tasted like water, but water even kind of has a taste to it. it tastes like nothing at all, which is very alarming but then you kind of let it settle for a moment feels a little bit warm in your tummy you blink a few times these figures and gris this is only you you all of you can still see the outline of the two of them with this lantern but gris whenever you start to focus it's almost like they come into existence and you see Two people standing there, dressed in like really old, like old-timey mobster kind of looking attire. Um, they're just two, like s- not disheveled, but they're just like two two dudes, just standing there, looking at you. And it's just weird I... because you definitely couldn't
3: see them a minute ago. I I'll, I'll pay a compliment to their a specific compliment to one of their pieces of clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I will look at um, at the shorter at the shorter one. Mm-hmm. Be like, "It's a cool hat for a cool cat." What? What are you guys doing here?
1: Whenever you compliment uh, the, the his, his little hat, you watch as it. He kind of. And blushes, kind of like looks down and scratches at the back of his neck and goes,
3: uh, "It's, it's nothing. It's
1: not really. It's, not, it's just thanks. I don't really. <laughs> Word every <of your> day." <laughs> <laughs> and then prompting what they're, what they're doing, what's going on. The one that spoke first, that's uh, the little bit of the taller one, says, "Ah, you know, well, we've been living here for a while. Uh, she treats us nice enough, and you figure." Ah, she's trying to make the money on the side, she wants the the people to come in, have a little spook, have a goof, something like that, we're just here. Now normally when people come in this room, they start throwing things, they start grabbing stuff, they start grabbing that, and points down at the bundle of rope that's sitting on the coffee table.
0: Nora just stuffs her hands in her pockets because she was gonna go sneakily grab the rope. (laughs)
1: And, you know, like, that's the whole thing, is that we get to stay here, and we don't have to pay, like, rent or nothing like that. We just gotta do our job, and we gotta watch the thing and make sure it doesn't leave the room. If it leaves the room, we can't leave the room. But it shouldn't leave the room either, but if it can, then you move forward, so we gotta put up a little bit of a tussle, a little fight, you know? It's not.
0: Excuse me? But um, usually they
1: don't see us coming. uh,
0: if, If you mind me asking a question, you said she lets you live here. Do you know who she is?
1: Yeah, the, the big lady. Yeah, the big lady, the one that lives up there. Do you, what, you have, have any other her? like
0: physical descriptors of the big lady? She's
1: got the. Uh, she's big. She's uh.
0: Real pretty. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's not. She's our employer. Don't you? That's that's. Don't get HR involved. Oh, sorry. all right. She's real pretty. Yeah. Well, she has these big old horns, kind of like wrap around her head. And, uh, she dresses real nice. That Yeah, she's, she's, she's nice. She takes care of us. She takes care of all of us in here.
0: If it's who I think it is, she's, she's very nice. Um, I don't, I, I can't figure out her intention for trapping us down here, but. So we can't take this rope. You won't let us.
1: the figure looks down at the rope and looks back up at you and then, like, seems to, like, scratch his nose a little bit. Hmm. Well, like I said, normally, you don't see us coming. That's the whole point. We're just in here and we grab you and we we attack. Yeah, I like the attacking part. Not now. But, I mean, that's a whole thing. And you can kind of see us, so... This isn't super fun for us anymore. Um, I was about this. Uh, I'm gonna give you a little, uh, little, little, little fun thing. Little uh, looks at the other one. Joke? Uh, Puzzle? Uh, Riddle? A riddle. I love riddles. How about I give you a riddle? You figure it out. You take that rope. I don't do. I don't do nothing to you. You wanna try it?
0: I'll, uh, yeah, yeah, we should try it. Alright.
1: Uh, hey, for Nora, could you please roll a d100 for me? I need a percentile die roll for you.
3: You love those so much.
0: 57. 57...
1: The figure seems to stroke its chin a few times, and looks straight up at the ceiling. Ah! Sticks his hand out. Just saw something really great. It has a tongue, but never talks. It has no legs, but always walks. What is it?
0: Um, a shoe.
1: stinker. The figure's hand that was in the air, so certain of itself, you watch as the finger kind of curls in. It holds its arms over its chest and turns off to the side and goes Now you want a small pants,
3: you said she could take it if he did the riddle.
1: Yeah!
0: It was a deal.
1: Take it. Thank take you. It. I, thought, I thought it would take you longer, at least. I thought we'd, I thought we'd have a little back and forth. A, r- a rapport of some sort.
3: Get slowly. I think that we
0: could have a rapport without a riddle. You've had it with my friend here.
3: We could do that. We could Just
0: call the chat, isn't it?
3: We could leave the door open. Um, yeah,
0: if you wanted to, like, chat with us as we would go around. Can you, like, come to the door and talk as we go? We
3: could...
1: We could do that. We could...
0: I don't see why not. We
1: could could do that? The other figure seems to nod, like, very excitedly, like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to them the entire time that they've been in this room. Oh, well. (laughs) Alright, it's... Gold go, go. the door then I've never I've never actually seen what happens after they leave the room you know I no I never seen what happens when they leave the room I hear all the things are moving up there
0: I never seen them though do all
3: you guys right. do names? take take it take
0: it um Nara will grab the rope
3: what, what do, my do name you guys do names
0: uh well you know when
1: we first got names uh when we came about in, in this place so we're not really from here um it's, I had a name that you can't really pronounce that well oh and he had a worse one it's too many syllables too many
0: apostrophes it's not
1: good these days we just kind of go by Tim and Tom Tim and Tom
0: Um, Nora will grab the rope, uh, leave the room, and put it in one of the boxes. Okay.
1: You leave the room. When, whenever all of you leave the room, the, the two figures kind of, like, walk behind you excitedly. Like, they, they're trying not to not to show it too much. They're trying to be cool about it. They're trying to be relaxed. And they have their little, like, cups that they're bringing to. But they're, like, you can see from the lantern, the, whenever it swivels back around, you can see them, like, almost comically, like, stacked looking out the door, like, like they they have never seen whatever happens out here before. They they just attack people and, and then get reanimated later. Tough life. Uh, but they they look out the door excitedly. They go, yeah yeah yeah. No, put it in the in the box. It's supposed to go in the box. Whenever you put it in the box, same thing as before. The the pedestal lowers just a bit. It turns in place and then, a little jet of confetti shoots out of it. And then you hear, like, from, behind, yeah, yeah, the confetti, yeah, oh, shit, that's great, that's great stuff! Like, they, they're losing their minds, they love this.
0: Okay, um, well, now that we have an audience, I do think that the professor is involved, based off of <clears throat> what they were saying, which, again... I, I can't figure out why, but maybe the point isn't to figure out why, maybe it's to just go along with it.
2: The, the lo- more boisterous Burke?
0: of-
1: I'm oh, sorry, could you say it one more time?
3: Yeah, go ahead, go
1: ahead. Uh, the more, more boisterous of these two, um, I'll just call them what they are, they're invisible stalkers and they didn't get to do shit. <laughs> <laughs> The more boisterous of the invisible stalkers, as he introduced himself as Tim, uh, pipes up and goes, Oh yeah, well, it's like an experience. Like, that, that's why the, the the confetti thing goes off, too. It's, you experience it. And then the other one uh, that's, like, holding its glass, like, clinks it up a little bit and goes, Woo!
0: That's great. She just usually gives us, like, projects with some sort of, like deep historical meaning so I was just a little surprised is all
1: everyone's gotta have a side gig these days
0: yeah maybe we're escape room testers
3: why would her why would the professor why would Anna why would Anna why on earth has she burned her own library
0: Um, I just have a theory that that's on a different plane, and so it's fine, and it wasn't really real.
3: You see? This is burnt flesh in my (laughs) forearm.
0: No, yes, yes, I understand that. Um, but I think the room itself wasn't real, like, that was not her actual library.
3: Okay, I see what you mean. So we have rope. We have pipe. And we have four more rooms to go through.
0: Well, we have four more boxes, but seven more rooms. Maths. Nora looks to the door with the ten handles and then looks away from it. That that's like last. That's like far down last on the list.
3: We should Corey. At least wait until Cory has hands again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> when Corey has hands, maybe we can try to open this.
4: So Corey would hear that, and you would hear like a hiss, that kind of like turns into like a scream, and you notice like she like kind of like. Transformed from the snake into her kind of like lizard person self and says, <sighs> I mean, I was enjoying being a snake, but I guess I'm back to this. I guess for let's our purposes, this door. maybe
0: that's best.
4: Yeah, I guess so. All right. So, I've got two of the handles as she walks over to the door with tin handles.
0: Are any of them close enough to the ground that, like, somebody could sit and get their feet around one and get the other two in their hands?
1: (laughs) So, all of the handles are on this door in places the door handles usually aren't. Uh, There's, like, some that are in the middle of the door, there's some that are off to the side, there's some that are a little bit low- if you want to make an acrobatics check for me to see if like you could get like your foot on one of them and have your hands on the other two, yeah. I could see if that could work.
0: So that would be three, five, seven. So we would still have three knobs that we wouldn't have. Even if uh Nora was to humiliate herself doing that. Um I, we also could be I'm thinking three. You can do three as well.
4: I'm Hold on a making... second, I'm trying to see what I'm trying to see what monsters I can turn into.
0: I mean, I'm also thinking that maybe we should just try the knobs since we haven't tried that yet, and the other doors were just like unlocked, so maybe we don't have to pull all the knobs at once, maybe Not we just have to find too. a particular what? knob
4: um I'm trying to think what if I turned into an animal that had multiple appendages appendages that could like be used but they would need to be opposable
0: in some way to turn
4: um yes but it could also make maybe turn into like a I don't know like an octopus or something maybe that would work
3: How about we try and say if it's a lock first? I agree. And it looks daunting,
0: use. but it might be easy. Um, I'm just Nora's. Just gonna start trying knobs.
1: Okay. Uh, can you roll a D10 for me, please? Yes,
0: because it's gonna blow up in my face. Oh, sorry. I was about to roll a D100. I.
4: I mean, I can turn into a swarm of poisonous snakes. Does that help?
0: Uh, I, I swarm, maybe up the door. Um, that's gonna be a three,
4: three.
1: Okay. You put your hand onto one of the do- onto one of the knobs, and turn it, or you try to at least. It doesn't turn. It's not that it's locked. It's that it doesn't turn. It's like a false knob that's there. It's like, ah. Bullshit. Okay. You try to pull your hand away from it, but your hand is stuck to the knob and will not (sighs) touch. Well. You hear clicking and whirring (laughs) above you and then below you the floorboard that you're on starts to shift just enough that it like turns to the side and you see these little funnels these tiny little like these little great surfaces open up and i need you to make a dexterity save yeah i
0: feel like acid is gonna be poured on top of me right now (laughs) 17
1: Can you can you hear that? Can you? I love this. One. Can you not hear it? Is it not picking up? I got I got yeah, like. Zoom, this, it's I'm, just
0: a zoom audio. It'll be all in your audacity. This nice dice. A, a little gremlin of a DM. What do
1: you mean? I had two invisible stalkers in a room and you just... You were like, Can we have the woke please? This is a great game. It's
3: a lot of you give were and take. Like, you were a lot like, of give and take. Shoo. That was... That was so quick. That was insane.
1: I love that you pulled that item out that I gave you for that room specifically. Yeah, that was really Just dope. without knowing, without knowing at all what you were getting yourself into. Nora.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Stuck to the door. Uh-huh. Not able to move away. But being able to hear what's going on beneath you you are able to angle yourself a little bit though you are still stuck in place to the door so that when you smell uh it smells like like natural gas or like gasoline some some kind of like that that harsh smell and then you hear a The ignite of a flame that pff, smacks up in a column from the floor. The two of you are standing there, like your eyebrows singe off just a little bit. Nora, you only take eighteen points of damage. For oh, this. only
0: eighteen. Okay.
1: Only eighteen, little wizard. Only eighteen.
0: I'm not doing so so fine. Um.
1: Smells a little a uh, little charred.
0: Yeah, when you're, you're
1: kind of singed, you're pretty smoky And the grate tourneed, Turns again So it's a normal floor
0: Can I move my and hand now?
1: Clanking above Your hand is still stuck to the door
0: Okay, I'm going to Say, hey um Gris, can you Reach into The pocket of my jacket I've got a little vial in there
4: I just love this image, like eyebrows singed, like very it's like calmly the soot asking
0: on the face.
4: <laughs> yeah, um,
1: <laughs> it's the like your
4: glasses
1: um, have like the the like clouded ash like around them, so that whenever you take them off, like it's just a perfect circle yeah. of where the lenses were. <laughs>
3: um. Oh. I'll go there, and I'll take the little vial and just give it to you in your other hand.
0: Okay, um, it is a vial of universal solvent.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. So, I'm gonna try to, like, get a few drops, like, between my skin and the doorknob.
1: Whenever you, uh, open the vial up, it's like one of those little droppers on the inside, because this stuff is potent. Uh, so, whatever you- Just a couple of drops is enough to be able to- Get your hand off the door. Your palm is a little bit tacky, but it's not sticky, at least.
0: Okay, so, I, again, go back to my original uh, plan of ignoring this door for a little while. That was terrible. (laughs) I mean-
4: (laughs) we're already here. Can we, like...
0: Okay, um, I'm gonna go over there and Nora walks all the way across to the other side of the room. (laughs) Do, do whatever you'd like to do next.
4: And then Corey would just sort of, like, huff, roll her eyes and a body and just kind of, like, follow Nora to the other side of the room.
3: Um, Reese will also follow, but then we'll Recast Mage Hand and just get the Mage Hand close to another of the handles and... Should we try this instead? Yes. Okay, and go for another handle. Okay, Um. you can
1: roll a d10. If you roll a 3, roll it again.
3: It's
1: a nine. Nine? Your hand goes forward, tries the handle. It's the same situation that Nora had, where it seems like it tries to turn, but it's not actually turning. However, because it is a mage hand, it can't really get stuck on things. And whenever the same, the grates move and that column of fire, blasts up from the floor, the only thing that happens is that you can just smell, like, the scent of lingering... Smoke. And then, great closes. Mage hand is still there. Because it's just a mage hand.
0: I think that's the appropriate way to try. Um, I can add some help to to speed this process up. Um.
1: I will say that because you kind of... You figured out the trap. And you didn't disarm it, but you figured out a way around it. That if the hand keeps trying, eventually one of the knobs does turn and open the door.
0: Okay, can I kind of peer from across the room like inside where the door opens?
1: There mm-hmm. There is a very small uh, room on the inside here. It looks like it's some kind of like small study or something like that has uh just like a little a little tiny desk pushed up uh, to one of the sides. There's a window uh, that you can actually see outside. This is the first time that you have seen a window in this place. Uh, and it, it overlooks onto like a nice little garden um, that looks very sweet and clean. Uh Inside this room, on the desk that is like pushed off to the side, kind of close to where that window is, there is uh, a wrench that is sitting there. And just looks a little out of place.
0: Uh, can I have Nora roll for uh, board game intelligence? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can give me a history check with advantage.
0: <laughs> uh, that's a nat twenty. <laughs> um, for twenty eight.
1: You look down at this wrench, and something scratches in the back of your brain. And then it's almost like you blink, and for a second, you are not Nora, and you are looking down at a map that looks really familiar to a very familiar, commonplace board game that is in many homes throughout the world. Uh, you feel like it probably starts with a C and ends with an O. Uh... (laughs) suddenly you blink again you are Nora staring at a wrench and you're like yeah I should pick that up
0: um don't you guys love this game before (laughs) I pick it up though I want to do like an investigation check to see if I'm going to be lit on fire (laughs) again if I touch this thing
1: yeah uh you can make a um you can do um uh, investigation uh
0: 23 23
1: Whenever you look down at this wrench on this desk and this cute little garden that is outside, one of the windows is cracked open. There's a little bird that's chirp, chirp, chirping along. It seems very, very nice and not fiery and not scary. It seems like the trap was the door and that Great. this is safe to pick up.
0: <laughs> so I pick up the wrench and I wipe some soot off of my cheeks. As I like, oh, go <laughs> into the middle of the room and drop the wrench in the box.
1: Clunk. Hits the box. Same thing as the other two. It twists and turns down. Locks in a pit place. <laughs> a little bit of confetti shoots out.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: Yes, like players have figured well. out the
0: game, <laughs> the, the the theme. What do you mean? What? I don't I have no idea. Um, uh. <laughs> I don't know. Um,
1: it's almost like uh, whenever I gave you guys the log line for this, that it said, I said that you, it felt like you were trapped in a children's board game.
0: You did. Uh. <laughs> and it I didn't sure click did, until I visually yeah. saw it. And heard the wrench in the study.
3: <laughs> in the study, the wrench in the study is is is
1: the ringer. You know the the, the rope in the lounge.
0: It did, I didn't get that one. Didn't get it for me. The, the pipe lead was pipe weird. In the but the wrench in the study oh, got pipe? me. Did you want me to break your game immediately? <laughs> No,
1: no, you can keep playing. You can keep going. <laughs> okay. I'm having a great time. Me
0: too. Um, okay, so.
3: Huh. I mean.
1: You know what? I will say also, because of the nat 20 that you got, when trying to figure out the board game mechanics of this place, this is. Definitely not the normal way to play this game. But there's something that you think that you could also put into one of those boxes.
0: Myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a jump in the box.
1: Turn Cory into a snake, put the snake in the box. <laughs> Um you don't have to worry about it right yeah, now, yeah,
0: okay, three down, three to go. why are there more rooms than there are boxes? Is there gonna be nothing in some rooms
3: there There could be nothing, or maybe maybe it's just um to appeal to our sense of exploration. Okay. Let's let's open up the green one.
0: The one that's right there? In the middle of the room, or the far one.
4: There's a one that's right next to us.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So, this door, whenever you approach it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you immediately, like, it's it's it looks the same as the others. There's no f- fancy knobs or anything different on this one. Uh, and whenever you pass by again, Gris, because you are the one that is able to actually see them, those two guys are, like, poking their heads out the door, like, watching you go, and just kind of having, like, side conversation, like, color commentary between the two of them as they watch the three of you travel around, uh... This door has a sign on it, which is the most different compared to anything else, like actual writing, finally, for once. The sign says, closed for renovations.
0: That could be um, a good omen or a bad one. It could be a warning sign for us to stay away for our own safety, or it could be a deterrent so that we don't find what we need.
3: See, I feel like everything in here is so perfectly curated, so deathly well done that if she didn't want us to see this door, we wouldn't see this door.
0: True, but that doesn't mean something in there won't...
4: I... I mean, I did see another door on the other side. Maybe that one isn't closed for renovations? Maybe it's just this one. Maybe there's paint. Wet paint on the other side of this one.
3: Maybe. I really don't think it's actually closed for renovations.
4: Well, I could just go around and check. I mean, it's right around the corner. You know you what? Try
0: that? I-, I think that you should do that, Corey. I think that's exactly what you should do.
4: I f- I feel like there is a hint of sarcasm in that, but I will go. Okay. Regardless, we'll be here. And Corey oh, no. will kind of like slowly like turn and walk backwards, like keeping an eye on Nora, and maybe even does like the whole like like the fingers to the eyes, like I'm watching you kind of thing, like back and forth. Like so, and are you going disappear to- around the corner to see the other door?
1: Are you going to the other door that's on that same room around the? yeah
4: corner? the the other green one mm-hmm.
0: okay on uh, the upper the upper right i think right
4: oh, there's, no the bottom know, know. one it's, where i'm at right, right now yeah
0: oh sorry sorry uh, i did. i didn't see that door yes understood
1: this mm-hmm. door also has a little sign on it that says closed for renovations
4: the side's still here
0: I mean, I mean, I've been hesitant about every door, but we're going to have to open them anyway. So I don't know why I keep doing this. I will just stand so far away from whichever one you open, though.
3: Should we again open them at a distance? It feels like it worked well last time.
0: I don't see why not. If we have the capability, we should sure. use it.
3: We will do that again.
0: Should we open both of the doors? Because I can follow your lead with a mage hand and open the other side.
3: That's a super good idea. So
4: Yeah, I mean, I could stand like the corner and look in both maybe I don't know
0: you can see if that would work I think um Nora's mage hand kind of comes out of her hand in like almost like a spectral like ghostly gas-like look and then structures itself into a hand once it comes out of her um, physical form and then will float over to uh, the other door that um, Griss's mage hand is not at
1: okay so the two of your mage hands move forward try the door at the same time both doors open looks kind of barren in here actually um it it looks like a completely empty space like someone was in the process of renovating or trying to like put something else in here like there were things that were moved out you can see like just from a, a glance in the distance like you know whenever carpet has been worn down for so many times because like a bed has been on top of it or a heavy desk or something. It kinda has those indents in the floor. You can see that kind of in here too. Um but uh Yeah, in the middle of the room. You're you're all still standing. You're all still standing out in the hallway, right? Or are you going inside?
0: I I, uh, I wouldn't go inside yet.
3: Okay Yeah, we're we're still outside. I'll, I'll my the lamp will stay on for six hours. So
0: nice.
4: Yeah, I imagine us like all like peeking our heads in. Maybe even okay. from a yeah, distance, all- kind of like looking, making sure everything's okay.
1: The only strange thing about this room, other than just how empty it is compared to what everything else in this estate, this manor, this mansion has looked like so far. Is that there is a knife floating in midair in the center of the room? And it's not floating really, it's in place. It's just there. Would you like to do anything?
0: Well, that needs to go into a box.
3: That looks threatening.
0: It is quite threatening. Um... I could try plucking it out of the air. So I'll send the mage hand over to see if it can grasp it.
3: Do you want to try that? you want me to try that?
0: Yeah, I mean, mine's out too, so whichever one can go and... See if we can pluck it from the air with something also incorporeal.
4: Let's give
3: it a go. Yeah.
4: I i don't think I have anything. I mean, I could just block in and get it.
0: Well, well, we'll have you do that if we can't get I, it with Mage Hand.
4: What if I turn into a snake a swarm of venomous snakes and went in there?
0: Well, then you couldn't get into the air to get it. Because they wouldn't be flying snakes, right?
4: Well, they can... I I can form, like, a arm of venomous snakes.
0: <laughs> that lift you into the air? <laughs> a dope picture. So, yeah, let's have uh, one of the matrons go over to see if we can get it from the air.
4: So, no swarm of snakes.
0: In a moment.
1: Just...
4: Clarify. Okay. Can we move the boxes?
3: Sorry? Can we move the boxes?
0: The boxes that are like in the room? Or the boxes that are on the pedestals?
3: The boxes on the pedestals.
1: It doesn't seem like those can move. They're kind of a part of the pedestal.
3: They can't move. No.
1: And there are no, just to clarify again, there are no boxes in the room. there's kind
0: of nothing around oh okay. it's not like it i confused the. It, it looked like furniture used to be in there as it was like moving Mm-mm. that's all good. oh no no all
1: no uh, i mean more in the sense of like you know whenever like something heavy has been sitting on top yes. of a carpet for a while and it has this indents in the carpet so it seems like something was in here at some okay. point but like maybe they're moving stuff around so like it's somewhere else right now they're getting other stuff put in but it looks like stuff used to be in here So you're moving your mage hand forward. Alright, that little mage hand after it opened up the door, you prompt it to go forward. And it's weird because you watch it move forward. But something in the back of your little magical brain feels like there's tension as it's trying to move forward. Like you can see that it is moving, it is going, but it's almost like it's going through it's a little tough
0: okay um i could always if if this is like a magical effect i can always try to dispel it
3: i'll send my mage hand and try like push your mage <laughs> if i see it kind of like trembling <laughs>
1: You move your mage hand, and it's the same thing again. It's weird, because like, you can feel it like in the back of your little magic brain. You see, all of you see the mage hand, like, flat hop, like, going forward, but it's kind of like... There's a tension there that you can feel that it's struggling to move forward.
3: So is it moving really slowly, or just not moving?
1: It's moving slowly. It's moving, though. It is going forward. Stone's you can all make perception checks. Era. You can make perception checks if you'd like.
0: I would
4: yeah. very
1: much
0: like to. Definitely. Nineteen.
4: 14. Sixteen.
1: Gris, you are a little too lost in your own sauce uh, to trying to figure out why your hand the magic hand is moving in the way that it is you're like what's going on, you're focusing on it a little bit too hard that you're missing out on the bigger picture that Corey and Nora there's something in this room there's a lot of something in this room it's kind of the whole room actually right now I mean, if you think about it, when you're renovating and you just want to get rid of stuff, it's easier to dissolve it, right? Just get rid of it completely. <laughs> so you might as well put something in the room that will just kind of get rid of it, right? You can see this barely there, transparent kind of block that is
3: taking up, filling up uh, your
1: room.
4: Uh, oh...
3: Mega Cube.
4: Um, huh. okay. I feel like Cory would realize this and start to cast Moonbeam.
0: Alright. I was gonna say that um, uh, Nora would um, point a finger out and cast True Strike to try to like. Learn a little bit about maybe how to get around it.
1: Okay, uh, so we got Moonbeam and True Strike happening at the same time?
0: Yeah.
3: Okay. I uh, will I will act Well go ahead. Uh, as I maybe see Corey begin. I think I could actually use it to get a little bit better from my injuries. If you allow me.
0: Oh, um, what what do you mean?
3: Well, cubes do have some degree of, um, life energy, and a little vampiric touch can go a long way.
0: Oh, can you? Is that is it possible to? Share that, um, amongst friends.
1: I'm being very lenient because this is a little one-shot, it's just kind of a silly-goof thing, but that's a little bit too much of a stretch for me.
0: I was actually- I have no idea. I was act- oh, okay. actually asking. That wasn't
1: me no, trying it's to a push. single. No,
3: it's Understood. okay, it's okay. <clears throat> According to this, no.
0: Okay.
1: It's just a, an individual little
0: slurp. But um, if it can help you, then I don't see why you shouldn't. I don't think it can get out of this room. It seems quite large, so I think we're safe if we stay here while you do your thing. Uh,
3: is that is that okay with you, Corey?
0: Or have you already cast Moonbeam? <laughs>
4: Her hands are kind of, like, out, like, ready. Looks over with, like, this, like, milky white sheen over her eyes and hisses real quick. And then says, fine, do what you need to. Um,
3: so, I'll, Gris will will approach the surface and try and seek kind of, like, the very transparent edge of this element and then their their right eye will turn completely dark and shadows will will breathe from their sleeves and completely cover their right hand and my fingers will get in the, the shadows around my fingers will get in Try and get right next to right next to the cube. Uh, that's technically uh, to hit uh, plus nine. So I'll go for that. That's, that's twenty six total. Twenty six
1: to hit. Uh, seventeen plus nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh. Thankfully, cubes don't really move that fast, and uh, they can't really tell when a spell is coming super well, uh, so you just (laughs) sploosh your hands right on that cube. Dead hit, yeah. Let's do some damage.
3: So, basically, on a hit, the target takes 3d6 necrotic damage, um, and I regain hit points equal to half the amount of necrotic damage dealt, and until the spell ends, which is a full minute of concentration, I can repeat this attack again, again, again on every one of my turns as an action. All right. So that's do gonna your damage. Be... Do my damage. Six.
1: That's six. How much? Six. Six points. Yeah. All right. So your hand sinks into this ooze, this little this little cube, And though you try to keep your fingers kind of just at the peripheral edge of it enough to be able to touch, you have to kind of dig in some more into this weird, like, oozy, jelly consistency to be able for it to actually take root. You are able to do the, that six points of damage, so then you get three points of HP back, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... Let's see here. Could you please make a deck saving throw for me?
3: Oh, no. That's, uh, 21.
1: 21. Okay. You can feel as your fingers start to sink into this ooze that it is trying to wrap itself around your wrist and go up your arm. Just as you feel that it's trying to pull you in more, you're able to get your hand out. Little flecks of that gooey, jelly substance kind of plaque off.
3: The purposes of how
1: this is set up right now, I am not going to have us enter combat just yet. This is technically a hostile creature, but it cannot move past the door.
0: Um how far at this point have, have our mage hands gone into it? <laughs> um,
1: it's ironic I'm... and maybe something that the DM put in place, but just as your mage hands are about to touch that knife <laughs> You they stop.
0: Of um, I figured. Stop. Um, wow. I'm, honestly, Corey, I kind of like your idea to see if you can get it stuck in, in damage and maybe we could just stay out here. Well, the, the spell deals with it.
1: Yeah. I, like a juice box.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel
4: like I want to be a little dramatic and sassy, but I'll just cast a spell.
0: Why? What? <laughs> what have I done? What am I not remembering from last night that I did that has made you have an attitude with me today?
4: You wouldn't let me open the door. I wanted to open a door and you are like, no.
0: I. I let you. Fine, <laughs> fine. You get to open the next one then.
4: Okay. And then she'll she'll cast moonbeam. Um, and she'll kind of cast it at the center of the, um, cube, and so you see a five foot radius, um cylinder of light kind of shoot down from kind of nowhere um and ch- 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 it must make a constitution saving throw and it must mm. beat a 16 what do you
1: got little cube That is exactly 16.
4: Okay, so ties pass. So, yeah. You hear, like, probably, like, the squelching of, like, it, like, singeing, but just, like, the sort of congealing of it, like, against the power of the beam.
1: Mm-hmm. It's enough that it is damaging, though. But it seems like the, th- maybe the thickness of, like, just how, how much ooze is in front of you, it's hard for that beam to truly go, through, like, the whole column to really do so much damage. Maybe if you were down, mm. could keep going. Yeah. Hold that concentration. Yep. But, uh, for now, what's the damage?
4: 2d10. Radiant damage. Where are my d10s? Okay, this'll do... I haven't played with real dice in for so long. I'm trying to, like, remember what my dice look like.
1: I know that, like, online rollers are great and stuff. And it's, it's very much a, like, if I'm playing on, uh, online and my players are lying to me, then they need to live with that guilt. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, like, I'm not, like, I'm, I'm going to trust that everyone can be, can be adults while we're playing our little dice game and tell me the truth for the roles. if
4: i was cheating you'd know that i wasn't cheating because i got a 4 with 2d10 nice. so, so it's is <laughs> no. it is it then is then the 4 halved to 2
1: for, because i i saved is that it yes yeah. <laughs> moonbeam doing 2 damage incredible it's just like a little fart like a yeah <laughs> of a beam <laughs> It's revving up. It's
4: it's 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 getting started. <laughs> yeah. That's it.
0: Well, um gonna... I suggest possibly Cory, if you can concentrate on this, I know I said that you could open the next door, but you you you're kind of stuck in the middle of something now.
4: Uh yeah, and she just sort of, like, rolls her body and ice and, like, continues to, like, focus on this, like, sounding moonbeam.
0: Is there a door at the end of this little hallway that I am in?
1: Uh, the one that is right behind where you are?
0: Yes. Yeah, like, next to the green room all the way at the end? Yes. Okay. Yes, like, at the bottom. Um, would it, would it, um... Make you feel better if I opened a doorway that was in your line of sight?
4: I can see just fine. Well,
0: no, I mean, like, so that you're, you know, you have to stay here to do the this, but, like, you could still see what's going on if I opened this door instead of if I opened a door on the opposite side of the room, you know?
4: I guess do whatever you want. And
3: Grease will will set the the lantern on the floor, pointing towards Tim and Tom, which are Mm -hmm. pretty close to Corey. And you've got good company.
1: The two of them are still just, like, rubbernecking as much as they can outside of this room. And, like, with the now, like, properly illuminated, you can see them, like, just the figures trying to lean outside and watch this. They seem to be, like, having a very good time. This is the most excitement that they've had probably in forever. (laughs) It's it's like they're watching, like, a a Let's Play. Like... (laughs)
0: Um, Okay, well, actually, Tim and Tom, why don't you tell us what door to open next?
1: Oh, uh, which... which door the. Open? Does it matter? No, I don't think it matters. No, it doesn't really matter.
0: I know it doesn't really matter. We joining. have to open them. Can you just tell us which one to open?
1: Uh, someone kind of like pokes his head out a little bit, like looks at the ones that have already been tampered with or whatever, and his eyes light up. And he goes, "Oh, oh, 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 oh! uh, far, far one up there, uh, top, top right, top right corner. I like that one."
0: Okay, That's a good one. it'll be that one. Um, yeah, normal go over.
1: So you make your way up there. Uh, door looks normal. There's there's no renovation signs or many many handles on this one.
0: I'm nervous for the amount of hit points I have to open this door. <laughs> And I've somehow managed to piss off Corey and am unwilling to grovel and ask for help.
4: I feel like, yeah, you've pissed Corey off, but Corey's also the kind of person that's kind of always pissed off. And so you didn't really piss her off. <laughs> like... She's not really mad, like just kind of her.
0: But, she, but her I don't think to possibly interrupt your other spell. But um, she okay. So she walks over to that door and she looks at it, like looks up and down, finds out that it's kind of a normal door, and then she kind of like twirls back around. And, like, puts her hands behind her back and, like, walks over and is like, um, so, do you think that maybe you could find it in your heart to, like, help me out a little bit before I do this? Please? Please?
4: sure
2: okay thank you
4: (laughs) and she walks over um, here and um, whispers in her ear I hope you find some rest and you would feel this sort of like energy kind of like coursing around you um, as she casts healing word on you um let me see i have so many pages
1: for that one too you can whatever level you'd like to cast it out if you want to do a little so yeah more boost-y. how
4: bad off are you i have
0: 24 out of 84 hit points
4: okay yeah i'm gonna <laughs> cast this let me see like where is it I'm also not used to playing. I haven't played in forever. Where is it? I will just Google it really quick because I can't find it on my character sheet. I need... I'll just look up it up, look it up on my phone. Because you were blocking my keyboard.
3: In the meantime... This silly goose thought that Lesser Restoration was a healing spell.
4: Oh,
1: stop,
3: stop, stop. Stop, That's it's a healing yeah, spell. I was
1: wondering why you all weren't healing yourselves. Like... <laughs> we don't have
3: well,
4: any
1: spells. <laughs> I told you to bring some healing.
4: But well, Cory hasn't taken a lick of damage. I I did. <laughs> the, the snake did. Yeah, but the Corey snake did. Didn't yeah, <laughs> the snake
2: did.
0: Nora has taken it all.
4: All right, so I'm going to cast it at a second level. Um, So that's 2d4. Hopefully I can actually roll well. So that's four. 12... So 20 see, Math is hard to do 23 23, points again.
0: 23
3: hit points Dope
0: Thank you very much I appreciate it
3: You're welcome
0: And then she kind of twirls And walks back to that door That Tim and Tom pointed out Before and... I get to you over
1: there just so I'm aware of what's happening with this cube over here. Are we going to keep casting Vampiric Touch? Are we going to keep Moonbeaming? Because you gotta have it contained right now, but it's still an obstacle. I think
0: Moon... Personally, I I think we should keep Moonbeam up to try to damage it so that we can get the knife out of it. Um, And on Vampiric Touch, I mean, Chris, if you need your... need some more hit points...
3: I'm afraid this thing may swallow me whole if I keep fucking around. I, I don't really want to find out. Okay. Well, how about this?
1: Moonbeam lasts for, is it a minute? Yep. Okay. So that's roughly 10 turns of combat. Because you already did one, uh, go ahead and we can just, we can rumble through the other nine in quick succession here and see if you can whittle this thing down. This is so fun to listen to, I'm sure, as well. Yeah. Uh, Us just uh, cobbling through. Oh, yeah,
0: for the audience.
1: Super fun. Uh, Put in some, like, uh, elevator music while this is happening. Yeah,
0: I'll just, like, speed this bit up so that we are, like, zooming and some elevator (laughs) music. Yeah.
1: There's just a little bit of goo that is clinging in a single column where that knife is. Everything else is like <laughs> like splattered off to the side of the room.
4: Love, love it.
1: Corey, Miss again. Corey, That's going to Corey. be a 10. So not, not, no save on that.
4: Um, That is an, uh, an 18.
1: 18. Okay. It only took 8 rounds of Moonbeam. But you have obliterated this cube. <laughs> 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 the sides of the wall still have a little bit of ooze clinging to them, but they're, like, kind of melty looking, and they're kind of, like, slowly crawling down the sides of the mm. wall and just, like, sadly splatting against, uh, like, the, the baseboards.
4: <laughs> Love it.
1: The The knife that was in the middle there just clank, smacks to the ground.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I think you should have the honors. Ta-da.
4: Fine. I'm a little tired, but I guess I can go in there. And she would sort of like, again, roll her eyes and body as she like, gonna kind of like, rolls into the room and goes to cry, try and grab the knife.
1: Okay. Easy enough. Uh, there's nothing stopping you now. Uh, you walk right through the room. The two mage hands are just kind of, It's kind of funny because the two mage hands that I've just kind of like were stuck there are no longer stuck there. And even though they're mage hands and they are not sentient and completely reliant on whoever is controlling them, they do kind of (laughs) turn to each other for a minute before
4: (laughs) disappearing (laughs) entirely. (laughs) Love it. A
3: silent
1: conversation between two mage hands. (laughs) They've
3: gone through a lot
1: been through a lot today uh but yes you are able to go in you are able to pick up this knife no problem whatsoever there's no ooze left on it you got you don't get singed or anything
4: and then she would walk back out and drop the knife into one of the boxes on a pedestal Tink.
1: same as the other ones it, it swivels in place it locks down <clears throat> bit of confetti launches out have two boxes left
3: Um, Grease will look at Nora, look at Corey, point at the welcome plate.
0: (gasps) Ah, you think we can put that in the box?
3: I think we can put that in a box.
0: Let's see if it works.
1: Okay. You pick it up, Mm -hmm. put it in a box.
3: Yeah. Tick.
1: Nothing happens. Hits the box, doesn't move.
3: Take it out of the box. The candle.
1: Hey. Let's put it back on the table.
0: Was the candle that was on it like an actual candlestick? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: hmm I'll try that. Okay. Pick it up. Candle and all. Put it in the box dump it in the candle kind of like the wax as you turn it like starts to drip down the side and even though it's like this strange like not there fire fire is kind of like oh shit like it's starting to like melt a little bit and like spatter onto the ground but you put the candlestick inside uh locks into place
3: (laughs) bit of confetti don't there (laughs) Just one more. One left.
0: Well, this is the so, Tim and Tom room. I think we should abide by their wishes. Norka. The, uh,
1: the lantern that has been like set down on the ground so that you can see the two of them. It appears that Tom has found an invisible popcorn box. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not like corporeal or anything. It has the same weird like outline. The same weird outline as, as the, the, like, the drinks did, kind of. Uh, but he, you can, you can, you're watching as he's reaching into where the box is, and it's the figure just doing this. And then every once in a while, Tim will, like, lean over, and grab some, too.
0: <laughs> go, go on, go. Don't be so pushy.
1: Ah, you ask for the room, we give you the room. Go
3: the room. Corey, do you want to do the honors?
4: I, uh, I guess so. She would take lead. Hand kind of trembling. Grab the ha- door handle and slowly swing it open.
1: Okay. Open it up. Uh, inside this room is a dining table. It appears um, some dining, some some chairs that are set up. Nothing is, uh, like, set for food. There's no food of any kind in this room, but it would be used to host parties, you can imagine. There is, uh, a large cabinet full of, uh, like, fancy, like, fine plates and fancy knives and, like, all these other, like, uh, little, little items and stuff uh, that I don't really have the words for, but you're gonna imagine it right now. It looks great, I'm sure, in your mind's eye. On the table itself, uh there is what appears to be like a, a a fine like plate of sorts that has like gilded like edges like it's, it's like a, this gold in light to it it looks very fancy and on the plate is a little plaque similar to the one that you found before that had a little welcome on it
4: there's another plaque in here
0: what does this one say
4: I don't know, Nora. Go grab it. You grab the other one.
0: Are you serious?
4: Fine, I can go grab it. Um, maybe I should turn into an animal just in case. Be my guest. And <laughs> she would like kind of yell out, "Let me see what she could turn into." That would be good for this. She really wants to turn into this form of poisonous snakes, but is not going to. Um
0: Common theme. Maybe
4: giant toad and as she turns into this giant toad, it's gonna like stand there at the edge of the room and blip her little tongue out across the room and try to grab the um, nameplate. Pull it
1: back. Nameplate. You got it. It's got
4: words on it. And I'll then tell you bl- what they say, but you are. A she bleps it out into, <laughs> like, like, right on the floor in front of uh, both Nora and Gris, and it's kind of covered in a residue. She a too slimy.
0: Nora you looks like Gris. you just
1: encounter, like, a terrible doorknob that stuck you in place, and also ooze. So, a little bit of slime from a little Cory little toad isn't going to hurt you.
0: You would think, except for the fact that Nora looks at Griss and says, I'm not touching that.
3: I'll mage hand it up in front of all of us. <laughs>
1: mage hand comes back, picks it up. Oh. It's a little plaque. It says. Maybe there's a reason why the guy that liked riddles liked this room the most because it's a little
0: riddle i get another one
1: you get another little riddle your riddle is i can be touched but i hurt those who touch me i move swiftly through a dry forest but die in a mountain stream where i pass i leave a black shroud
0: I don't want- Rah! I know what it is, but I want Octa to say it because I think they know what it yeah. is, too.
3: Um, um, Gris will point towards the library in anger. Fire.
2: <laughs>
1: Gris, whenever you say this, you hear those cogs turning whirring in the ceiling the plate that you had taken the plaque off of starts to descend and then comes back when it comes back there is a revolver
0: was that a pun like you fire a gun and the riddle was fire (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tell me,
4: Corey. Corey, would... are you sensing
1: like, a strange little theme with just everything? Yes, in here? <laughs> I am. Um, a-, a DM's greatest flaw and most wonderful success is to quietly laugh at their own jokes. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> Corey would blap her tongue out and try to grab the revolver
1: tastes terrible
4: but you got it yay and then hop over to the last box and and spits it out into the box all
1: right into the box it goes whenever you come back also with the revolver uh you can see tim and tom oh 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 oh. Very, very excited that you got it. <laughs> I would
0: have assumed just by your visage and in how you speak that you would have seen one of these before. But you seem very surprised to have seen one now.
1: It's not the surprise so much. It's the
0: excitement that you got.
1: Look, you got all the boxes. You got all the tink. It hits the box. The box descends like it does, like all the other ones had. little bit of confetti shoots out of it. And then all six of the pedestals descend into the ground. And where they were before closes. The table that had that little plaque, that little welcome, and all the dis- and also the disclaimer that uh, whoever is doing this is not liable if you hurt yourself. That table turns in place and descends into the floor as well and then covers, locks. Tim and Tom, you hear from behind, you go, Oh, we've never seen this part before. We never... The door closes to where they were. Whirring of gears and turning of mechanical equipment and the smell of smoke, brimstone ash, fire starts to fill the room. As you watch all of these rooms, these doors that you went through, even the, the ones that you didn't go through, start to descend backward as if they are fading and locking into place into the walls. Once they descend and it creates like one solid block where they were slide shut so that there are no doors in this room anymore. No doors, no windows. Fire. Lights along the outside of the room that you're in. All along the walls. Small beams of light flick open. One last pedestal begins to rise. You watch as the ground, right where the library used to be, opens and something begins to rise up you smell it first that smoky rough fire smell like gasoline or a match that's been struck a campfire something hot the room starts to grow hot you watch as two large curved horns. You see them first and think for a moment, oh right, the professor. But these horns look much too big to be your professor. The head of a large dragon rises up talons curled on top of each other as it seems to be laying and slumbering softly. Whenever it rises into place, though, an eye flashes open. This golden color with a single black slit through it takes in the three of you. And there's this rumble of a hum. It starts to stretch its body as if it were a cat its back arching up and out, its tail flailing backwards, large wings extending, and a low groan emanates from this creature. Which is also when you hear a... something behind you. And from the ground, on a small pedestal, You see a man with long blonde hair pulled into a ponytail in the back. Bit of a a cocky looking grin on his face. An instrument strapped to his back. It looks like a guitar of some kind rubbing his hands together. Hey guys! How's it going? Oh, you figured it out. Oh, this is so great. Oh, isn't this so... Holy shit! What's that? You see your friend Ven behind you, pointing at this giant dragon. Oh no! I, I thought that the I thought I thought that the the, the room like the, the it's it's called an escape room for a reason. Like I rented it out. I thought this could be like a really really fun time for. But we're supposed to escape from it. There's no. Did I miss something? Did I? And he starts to reach into his back pocket. He pulls out this like. Folded up, it looks like a receipt of some sort, and starts to flip through it frantically. A liability waiver, and that's okay. No, and I wrote that down. I wrote all that down. No, we're supposed to be getting out of here now, right? We're supposed. To... I got a reservation for for four. I, I I can't I can't cancel that. I can't.
4: And Corey just walks over to Ven, just grabs his shirt in a bunch, says. What. Did. You. Do.
1: (laughs) Surprise! And as he says this, the groaning of the dragon that is behind all of you, you hear this low rumble of a chuckle almost. (laughs) as The four of you now turn there's a giant dragon in this room and there's no exit in sight and that's where i'm gonna cut it for today and we're gonna pick this up next time
0: woo woo you know no! i will say that i didn't expect at the end of an elaborate clue game to be a giant dragon um so yeah, now you see it's it's roughly
1: based off of clue but like also there are no gelatinous cubes in clue Oh, I you don't
0: you didn't get that expansion pack
1: on on fire oh library and clue
4: invisible wiggly guys oh they're monsters was, oh, they're just sorry guys.
1: they're just a couple of guys they're just, they're just guys.
0: They're just,
1: guys. guys they're just having a drink they're just you you shocked yeah. them you surprised them Wigglers. well
0: oh. uh thank you mads for uh, taking <laughs> us on the first so cool. half of this journey that was a lot of fun. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and loved it. I am very excited to see what happens on our next little part of our our Maz's modern magical life two shots. Ooh.
3: I'm happy we're pretty we're pretty good for spell slots, kind of.
0: <laughs> yeah, none of us are using like any spells this whole time.
1: Mm. You you did save them, and also you have a fourth party member with you right now. We that do, we do. Seems like he's in on it too. Whether this was planned we'll or not, he's
3: here. I'm. I was still not entirely sure that we're not talking to kind of like his girlfriend or something, <laughs> and he's just <laughs> continuing to fuck with us. He is a bard. I don't mm-hmm. know who he gets up to. It's gonna bard.
0: This is this is like a Shrek situation.
3: <laughs> he does, <laughs> He's a bit he of an ass. Donkey energy about. Yo,
0: there it is.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh, this is all the fun. I love this kind Thank of. Thank you game.
0: all for spending your evening with us at QueerPG. And yes, uh, we shall pick it up again. See you next week. But But for for now. now. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Again, the second part of this little two-shot will be premiering on our YouTube on May 23rd at 7 p.m. In the meantime, you can check out our Patreon to see all of the extra content we have up there. And don't forget that Season 2 of Queer PG, of Kith and Pen, will be premiering on June 21st. Until next time.